there are kind of three categories that people fall into. They're either magnetized to you. They're either repelled from you, which is still good because rejection is protection, or they're just like, they just don't notice you, you know? And Mm -hmm. so it's knowing that as a manifester, you're not meant for everyone. And as long as you're just like kind of blinders on focusing on like, what is your cause that you are creating for yourself from inside you? And then the rest will follow for the effect. Welcome to the Active Ingredient Podcast, your destination for all things personal and professional growth. I'm your host, Sophie Wheel, and I am an intentional brand builder on a mission to inspire people to build not only their dream businesses that are fully in alignment and that actually feel good for them to be in, but more importantly, to create well-rounded lives that are in alignment with their values. I believe that we can only grow outward in proportion to how aligned we are internally, and that slowly but surely, we are all capable of creating lives that feel incredibly fulfilling to be fully present in. Hello, welcome back to the Active Ingredient Podcast. I am very excited for you to listen to this week's episode because it is on a topic that I am obsessed with, which is all things human design. And I have a human design expert on the show, Kayla O'Connor, who is not only a human design expert, but she's also an affiliate PR expert. So she has she is a brand builder and does that through the lens of human design. I actually hired Kayla this year to teach me and Megan from my team all things affiliate PR to learn how to apply it not only to our clients, but also to my physical product business, a tableware line that I have with my sister called Piano Piano. And I just loved understanding and learning about things through the lens of human design. And so if you've never heard of what human design is, first of all, like we've definitely not had a conversation one-on-one because I every single person that is in my life, in one way or another, I have brought up human design. But what it is essentially is a part science, part spiritual system. And the best way that I can describe it is how we see astrology and we're like, oh, I'm a Cancer, I'm a Scorpio, whatever. There's the different types in astrology. In human design, there are five different energy types. And you figure out what your energy type is by knowing your birth time and your birth location. And that's pretty much all it takes into account. And what it's doing is basically human design is kind of an umbrella of so many different modalities. So it covers astrology. It covers the chakra system. It covers the Kabbalah, the I Ching, and I'm pretty sure physics. Don't quote me on that last one. But it's an umbrella of all of these different modalities under one kind of roof. And I find it to be so incredibly fascinating. It's one of those things that I, the first time that I heard it, it just clicked with me. I have really gone knee deep into human design. I am constantly learning about it. It is something that I, on some way, shape or form, am absorbing information on every single day, like weekends included. Like I genuinely, genuinely love this. It makes so much sense to me because I believe with every fiber of my being that everything is energy. And it tracks for me that 
depending on the time and place that you were born, there was a specific energy to that moment in time. And your energetic blueprint is not a coincidence. It's actually made entirely, entirely on purpose for you. And if you are in your life and you're feeling like you're just constantly going upstream or you feel like you're always depleted, exhausted, like you're, you keep trying to like check all these boxes, but it feels like you're just like pushing a huge rock up a hill and it just really kind of like not in flow. To me, that would be a flag to kind of look into your human design and see if you're operating from a lens that is not necessarily in alignment with your specific energy type. So we get into all things human design on this week's episode, but there are five energy types. I also did a solo on this, breaking down what human design is. I did this a few months ago. I'll link it in the show notes if you kind of want to hear just my take on the solo of it all. But as a refresh, there are manifesting generators, manifestors, generators, projectors, reflectors. Those are the five energy types, right? Each one of them has, you know, there's nuance within all of them. And your chart is so specific to you that like two projectors can have a different way of presenting in the world. But I think a really good place to start is just understanding which one of those energies you are. We break down all five of them with Kayla and kind of high level. Obviously, like there is so much to this that you could really dive deep on and just really understand. The number one educator that I go to to listen to and is actually who Kayla also goes to. Her name is Jenna Zoe. She is the current world leader when it comes to human design. She has a podcast that is released every Tuesday. You better believe that every single Tuesday I am listening to her episodes. They're so spot on. But her, she has a book that just came out if you want to like really, really dive into your design or other people in your life's design and also an app. I use the app. I actually am a subscriber to the app. Like I, when I say that I'm like obsessed, like I genuinely mean that this thing makes so much sense to me. And it's made sense to me and it's just felt like it clicks in my system from day one. And what I love about it is that it's applicable. Like you can apply this understanding of your energy type and actually see it play out in your life versus like, I'm actually not even huge into astrology, like, which is funny because human design is so heavily influenced by astrology, but astrology as a standalone for whatever reason just never really clicked with me. But in the human, and I, I think a part of it too is because like there wasn't, it's like, okay, so you're all these things. So it's good to know, but it's like, okay, like moving on where human design is like, okay, this is your energy type and the way in which you move through the world that will feel like you're going downstream. Like it'll feel like ease and flow and fulfillment and like you're in your sauce. This is the blueprint of how to operate within that energy. And again, I genuinely believe in my bones that every single thing is energy and to listen to and kind of dance with that energy that is your own and unapologetically show up like that, even if it's going against the grain of the norm, is the way to live a true and aligned, fulfilling life. This is such a big part of what I am absorbing and learning and it feels really nice to kind of see it play out. And it's obviously a trust game. Like you you try something out and see if that works for you. If you feel really uncomfortable doing it so differently than you've done it your whole life. And there's just 
different ways of operating. And I think human design, the best way that I describe it to my friends or to whoever it is that I'm talking about is just like a huge permission slip to just operate the way that you naturally would is literally what it is. So I'm so grateful to Kayla. She is so wise, which makes sense. She's a projector. And she is just so full of information when it comes to human design and affiliate PR and just brand building. This conversation is way more on the human design front. But like I said, I did hire Kayla for affiliate and she is just so talented. I will link everything of hers in the show notes. And with that, Kayla, welcome to the show. Guys, I literally can't get enough of human design. So I hope that this is interesting to you. Welcome to the show. This has been long overdue. As you know, I'm obsessed with all things human design and I just love your approach to business. I'm just so attracted to people that have like found their niche and like are unapologetically doing it. And when I discovered human design and I'm also in PR and I'm also a projector, which we're going to get into what all the different energies were, I was like, shit, I'm in the wrong field. Like I'm supposed to wait to be invited. And so I had like a huge question mark on this industry as a whole. But then you came into my life, who is someone who is also a projector, works in PR and has figured out how to move through this industry in a way that makes sense, that attracts the right and aligned opportunities. And there's just so much to human design that I am obsessed with. And I feel like I'm only scratching the surface and you are an expert in this. You are trained in human design and you're a brand builder. So I was like, there couldn't be a more perfect person to give me all the insights and give the listeners all the insights into what human design is. But before we get into that, I want to hear about you as a human. You're so interesting. I feel like there's so much to you that like we're friends and I feel like I don't even know like every layer of it. So I'm Mm -hmm. curious. It's the question I ask every guest. What were you like as a kid that you remember? And in doing all of this unlearning with human design and all of the work, do you find that you are currently showing up as that younger version of yourself? Mm, I love this. Okay. So I was put into dance at two years old. I was a competitive dancer from age two to 10 years old. And then I started studying piano at age five. So I was a very active achiever child and born a projector, as you probably can relate, we're born very wise and we're born understanding and seeing others around us very intimately. And oftentimes that develops a defense mechanism, a survival mechanism of a chameleon type way of understanding what makes other people feel good. So we feel good. So I knew that if I did well and performed, my mom was happy. And if my mom was happy, then I was happy. My mom was more of the emotional roller coaster parent. And my dad was more of the passive parent and they were, they were young parents. And so I grew up achieving for love very overachiever, achieving for love. And um, both my parents are music teachers. And so I did anything and everything that you could for music. I actually studied opera in college. And 
I under, I quickly realized, you know, halfway through my sophomore year, I was like, I don't really want to perform, but I had to take a minor. And the only class I was open was PR 101. And I took that class and I was like, oh, it's like performing, but talking. Okay, I could get down with this. So then I transferred back to a state school so I didn't have to pay for a private school. Um, and that's when I really started to just explore different identities. And it's so funny because I, my splenic authority, my like instinctual, like I made very impulsive decisions my entire life, but I was always shamed for it. I was always called shocking and always impulsive, but my my son gates the gate of shock, which is so funny. And I was always told to give it the 24 hour rule, but I always transferred so impulsively And I always like, I quit choir sophomore year because the person I sat next to would eat raw onions. And like, I hate the smell of raw onions, but I quit and I joined Ultimate Frisbee, which then led me to meet my first lesbian friends that then opened me up to my sexuality, that then introduced me to my now wife, who I reconnected with 10 years later. Like, it's just things happen. Oh, yeah, that's a whole other story. Um, wow. I didn't realize that you guys knew each other 10 years prior. Yeah. She was a D1 hockey player. Um, I, I was dating a boy at the time and I knew I was bisexual, but wasn't, um, hadn't dated a girl. Cause I grew up in very, very conservative town in the Midwest. I wasn't exposed to it. And, um, also being seen as a whole other area of like, in the lesbian community in the early 2000s, you had to kind of play a sport. And I was a musician, you know, and club ultimate frisbee, that wasn't really like a sport, mm-hmm. you know? And so I didn't have a community. Um, and so I asked my, my boyfriend at the time, can I go on a date? Can I have a freebie, you know, to see if I'm gay? And he agreed. And you know, it took one date and I was like, yep, I'm gay. Broke up with him wow. the next day. You know, it's funny. I joke that she ghosted me two weeks later because she did. But <laughs> but looking back, it was perfect timing. Perfect timing. Isn't it crazy we how both were not ready. Looking back, everything looking back is perfect mm-hmm. timing. Yeah. Cause I remember in the, in the thick of it, when you're like dying for it to be a certain way or for it to turn out the way that you kind of fantasize in your mind, like, no, like it all happens at the exact right time. And it does, oh. it just takes the time to see it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Because I'm a six, two profile, which means that we have three different phases in our lives, zero to 30 years old, the six acts as a two, which is very much trial and error, trial and error, trial and error. So my entire twenties, I was trial and erring in like figuring out how to date, how to love, how to love myself, like in my career, my burnout, like working as a projector in PR and agencies, navigating the lesbian scene in Minneapolis, like all of the things. And it led me to moving to Los Angeles in 2019. I was kind of like running away from from life to be completely honest Sophie I was like what yeah what exactly were you running away from yeah I, I was leaving an abusive relationship that I was 
you know, oftentimes when you have a defined spleen, <laughs> the the shadow side of that is staying in relationships longer than you should. <laughs> so that's why yeah. we get rewarded when we end things, when it's scary. Mm-hmm. And I know that you can relate to that mm-hmm. um, in life and business. But I was in this kind Wait, of... Wait, actually, can we stay on that for one second? Like, yeah. for, does is that applicable mostly to splenic authorities? Or is that... Are there different designs? And I, I do want to give people kind of like a roadmap of what the designs are so that they're not lost yeah. in the conversation. But that kind of like staying longer or like hoping that it's like a certain way and you like stay longer, is that specific to splenic or is that across the board? So I would say if anyone has a defined spleen... That is um, across the board because that's where your fear and anxiety is housed. That's the oldest like center in the body of all of your fears and anxiety. And also as, as we evolve as humans, also on, on the, the positive side, intuition, forward thinking, like you have a channel that connects your spleen to your throat. So you're able to communicate intuitively of like forwardness. Mm-hmm. you know, like newness initiation. And that's, I mean, I'm going to, I always go ahead of like, that's in your sun gate, even of like initiation, starting new things. But so I was running, I was kind of running away from that and thinking fresh start, my problems will go away. Well, that doesn't happen. Um, but I moved to a place where I was drinking the Kool-Aid of Los Angeles and that's how human design found me. Mm. And I got a job at a big PR firm and my panic attacks and because I was having panic attacks for almost 10 years now um, and chronic anxiety was still prevalent. And I was you like, know now going? in hindsight, like from when they started, what the root was? Yeah, my panic attack, um, my, my very first panic attack was my very first PR presentation. So in, in my PR career, which is crazy to the mm-hmm. date. And I always thought it was associated with presentations, PowerPoint presentations. And I self-induced myself. I did EMDR and everything. Like the power of the mind is crazy. And we could have a whole other conversation on this because I go to cognitive behavioral therapy and study the mind and the combination between the mind and the body because you can implement energetics of the body. But unless you clear up the subconscious of the mind, that will you know, take over and Mm -hmm. you won't be able to listen to the body. So it started with not feeling safe um, and not, and feeling like I needed to have external approval of other people versus feeling the authority and seeing myself as the authority. And then from that very first panic attack, I thought I was self-inducing myself from the PowerPoints, but I was really fearful of the panic attack symptoms from happening because that made me look less than from and from the viewpoint of others and I could lose my job so there's a survival aspect of it and I have a question pers- as it pertains to like human design also with the presentation of it all or like the showing up a certain way in those types of rooms because and I feel like maybe we like at the beginning of the episode, I'll just give like a highlight of what each design is. Cause I feel like we're getting a little bit granular, but for the projector that projectors are here to see, and mm-hmm. we crave more than anything being seen. Do you think mm-hmm. that when like, it's like, 
is it that you were like starved of it and then you were like given the the floor to be seen that then it's like disruptive to your nervous system or like what there's something there I feel from the being seen part it's like we crave it but then can we receive it entirely yeah it's it's really this we have to see ourselves in order for other people to see us mm-hmm. and it i i think it's a combination of absorbing energies that I wasn't aware of. So I'm a non-emotional and I'm also have an undefined sacral. So it was a really stuffy 3M office, corporate office. So if it would have been a room full of really nurturing women that were now, I'm just like totally making a, an assumption here, but I was just told I was going to present these three slides that I was, that I had never seen before in route to the 3M office. Now, you know, I'm a performer. So I was like, put me in coach. Like, I don't care. I did not know my body was going to react that way. I had no idea my nerves were going to react that way. My vision got lost. My hands went numb. I had to like walk out of the room and then come back. I, I mean, I was lit. I've literally been on the stage of like the Iowa state fair dancing tutu at age four, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> but do you so think it was, it's different? Like dancing and speaking is different. Like I think intellect is, it's totally like intellect is kind of a shadow versus creative expression of like, you are appeasing. You are kind of like, giving you are not creatively expressing from your soul to where like now when I'm presenting human design or even when I'm teaching in the way even when I'm presenting in my own business I'm doing it the way that I desire to do it versus being trapped in a box of like if I don't fit the mold of my boss he could fire me tomorrow and that was what was so suffocating and what I I felt, you know, now looking back, my perspective is survival and so is yours. Mm-hmm. You know, that is so like fear inducing of like our survival depends on us fitting this mold and doing well and being seen as, you know, as worthy. Yeah. Okay. I want to hear more about how, so you were in LA, this was happening. Yeah. You got this job. You started having these physical symptoms that were rejecting yeah. your circumstance. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Who introduced you to human design and then what were your steps from there? Yeah. So three months into it, I was like, I would rather be homeless on the street than do this job. Like I, so I ended up draining my 401k. That is so just, many publicists throughout their career, by the way. Oh yeah. No, for sure. Um, which is why I became so passionate about training them. You know? So I drained my 401k, so which had like $3,000 in it because I had no savings for moving. I was like, I just need something. Something's coming. Like I felt something coming. And I was driving to a conference that they paid me to go to. So I had an extra 40 minute drive and I was listening to a 2B Magnetic podcast episode with Jen Zoe. So I actually stopped driving and like pulled over and pulled up my human design. It's so funny that you said, oh shit, I'm in the wrong career. I, if you listen to all of my podcast interviews, I tell the story and I say that exact same line. I saw that I was a projector and I say, oh shit, I'm in the wrong career. Cause I, 
I can't be a projector in PR. We send out pitches. I have to wait for the invitation. Well, totally. I did. I went to my job the next day at 8 a.m. and I quit. Do you know what wow. firm that was? Do you know what firm that was? No. Edelman. Wow. <laughs> With no savings, no plan, no I, next up. Um, I had a little bit of savings from 401k. And so I knew that I could get by for about one to two months living very scrappy. But within 24 hours, I had a text message from an acquaintance asking me for out of nowhere, asking me if I knew anyone that did freelance PR. And I was like, oh, this is what a projector invite is. And that was my very first like proof of when you stand in your energetic worth, the universe rewards you. And so from there, I was like, okay, I'm going to start moving with this. And for the next two years, I tried freelancing and experimenting with human design and then got invited to a job for affiliate marketing. And that's what got me into affiliate marketing. And then I ended up getting burned out again. And I'm and throughout this whole thing, I'm studying human design. Mm-hmm. And then when I got burnt out, I got the invite to start my business. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this the right way. What I do is affiliate PR, but how I do it is is dictated and guided by my human design because how I feel matters and how I work, how I do it is unique to me. And so that's what I've been doing since December of 2020. Wow. Okay. Like, where can we take this conversation that can be applicable? Because there are a lot of people that listen to Active Ingredient that are in our space that are brand builders, freelancers, but also a lot of people that are just wanting to live life in alignment. And I think... That's the thing that I, because just like you said, like you applied the human design to affiliate. And I think that a lot of things in the spiritual space, that there's a tendency to think, okay, well, I have to leave my, whatever it is, my trade of whatever it is that I do to preach spirituality. But actually, if you genuinely are attracted to doing a specific type of thing, it's in just to, to quote you, it's in the way that you do it that makes it spiritual. You can do whatever. You can be a bartender. You can be an accountant. You can be an investor. You can be a a lawyer and she's more intuitive than I am. It actually annoys me. Like she listens to her spleen more than I do. That's so expansive for you to see that. But like, that's so expansive. And I think that that's so cool that at this phase in your life, like you're still within a field that like at face value, like both of us had that reaction reading about what projectors are. The the next step would be like, oh fuck, I'm I'm in the wrong one. I got to switch paths. But it's like, no, actually like trusting that whatever it is that you are already naturally guided to, or just like wanting to do that the, right energy for you can be applicable to whatever it is that you're doing. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is a huge takeaway that I want any listener to leave with this is that like, it's not about just like one second to the next. It's like, how is it in the now in the today of 
allowing your own energy to be injected into whatever it is that you're doing. Mm -hmm. And so to me, that's super cool that you like stuck with it and that you're doing something that at face value you would think doesn't make sense for a projector. So if there's anything that you want to add to to that about just doing it to whatever field. I think, okay. So knowing that you have a, I know you're going to do like a little intro of all energy types, but I think the thing that helped me the most when I started was my was paying attention to whenever my not self theme showed up because we live our best life and are able, we have the capacity to pay attention to everything else when we're feeling good. But when we're not feeling, when we're feeling crappy, like our not self theme, we pay it, we, we notice when we're not feeling good. Right. Of course. And our not, and every energy type is assigned a not self theme. So for projectors, it's bigger. When we're bitter. Oh, do I know that one? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. You are bitter when you are learning affiliate for me. <laughs> I was so bitter. I was like, Kayla, I just want to talk about human design. Like Which is so funny because you're close taste digestions. So like you're not meant to learn new things if you don't want to. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. So you're digestion on your chart doesn't necessarily mean literal digestion. No, Mm. I take digestion in terms of like how you turn your brain on. So like I vibe with the arrows. I think the arrows is like my area of specialty of like digestion, environment, perspective, motivation. Mm. Like we could do a whole other podcast episode on the arrows because that's what really, that's where I apply probably human design human design and business the most because mm. that's where I feel like you like turn your brain on and cr- like put yourself in the right place to create synchronicities got it and like motivate people in the right way okay I want to get into that <clears throat> but let's let's pause here take a step back okay Kayla what is human design at large what is it what what people are probably hearing about it i've talked about it on the show multiple times but i would love to hear from you what human design is and if you can walk us through each of the five energy types yes absolutely okay so with human design it's really here to show us how we are meant to feel our best living our life individually and interact with others and really contribute our uniqueness and how we're uniquely gifted. A phrase that's used a lot is energetic blueprint. And I think that that works really well. It um, paints a good picture. And so there's five energy types. Before we get into the five energy types, where like this blueprint is coming from what? Like what is it derived from? And what, yeah, what are all the modalities that are like under the human design umbrella? Yeah, so it's ancient geography and astrology and chakra systems, but it's a culmination of like different um, spiritual modalities coming together. Um, And it creates this body graph that shows how the energy flows. And you also, in order to get that, you plug in your birth time, your birth date, in your birth location, similar to your astrology chart. Yeah. You know what's interesting is that I, I'm obsessed with human design, like sickly obsessed with it. And I really don't know anything about astrology. Like, I don't even know, I don't know what my moon is or whatever those things are. Like I have no idea, but I can tell you everything about my, well, not everything, but a lot about my human design chart. That's a side note. 
Yeah, human design is is I find it more applicable, but I'm starting to really vibe out with astrology slowly. But human design is is more tangible. I find. exactly. I think that's why I like it because it's like you can know all these things about your signs or whatever, but it's like to me, the point of knowing it is to live more in flow. So it's like human design yeah. gives you the guides of how to work with your energy. So yeah, continue. <laughs> Yeah. Again, close taste, put blinders on if you don't like something. Yeah. Permission totally. for me to put blinders on. Um, so that is kind of an overview of human design. And so there's five types similar to astrology where there's 12 signs. There's five energy types. Two of them are energy types to where they generate more energy as they're doing stuff. They're like, you know, how we're like, everything is energy. The collective is energy. They are the ones that are actually creating the energy that emits out into the collective. Meaning that like it's created from their systems. Like they exactly. generated themselves. Exactly. And emits out of them. And that's what we absorb. So what are <laughs> those two? Um, generators and manifesting generators. So it's really important for them that they prioritize feeling good. And it's, you know, their purpose is to remind us to prioritize the small moments of joy and to ignore the shoulds because their not self theme is frustration and their signature theme, what they're supposed to be feeling is satisfaction. So they're the individuals that like, love to drink from their favorite coffee mug. They love like savoring the last sip of their drink. They love their like, like specialty coffee at Starbucks, like indulge in the small moments every day of like your joys that leave you in like satisfaction feeling Mm -hmm. because they're the people that can light up the room, power up the room or suck the energy out of the room. Mm. And so, so those are the two energy types. Exactly. Um, and when they are doing something that they love in their work and in their career, they're like energizer bunnies. They're like a cell phone plugged into a charger into a wall. They charge themselves. They go, 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 go. And that's why society like you and I working in a work field, we're trying to keep up with them because they're the majority of the population. The population. Mm-hmm. That I find to be so fascinating and so generous of the universe, which obviously makes sense because it's so infinitely intelligent. But I find that to be one of the coolest things about human design, that it's like, depending on what the earth needs or what the, yeah, what our current circumstance needs, there will be more or less of a certain type. So yeah, that I find to be fascinating. Okay. Yeah. So we- there's generator, manifesting generator. What's the difference between those two? Yep. So a generator loves mastery. So they're going to be on a more linear path. They're going to be the ones that are more of the like the conditioning archetype of they desire to be an accountant and they're going to be the best accountant in the world. And they love. So if you know you have a generator on your team or you're a generator, like having a lane and really, really loving what you do and mastering the task. Versus being in a role that is kind of wishy-washy. You don't really know what your role is. You're being, you're wearing multiple different, different hats. Your title's changing all the time. Like you really want to master something. Um, and then the manifesting generator is kind of the opposite, which is so cool. They're here to show us that you can 
take a different path. You don't have to, you know, the alphabet doesn't have to go A, B, C, D, E, F, G. It can go A, D, C, D, you, you know, it can go in all different orders, but you can hit all of the letters and you can be an, an accountant, but then you can be a barber and then you can be a creative designer, but they are so quick to master something and then move on. And so they don't need to finish finish a task before moving on because they're so quick to master it. Okay. And so they're here to show the world that you don't have to complete something before moving on. Love that. And they're multi-passionate people. Yes. Yes. I love my MGs. Me too. Megan is an MG if she's listening. Oh, and yes. so is my sister. Isn't your sister too? Yeah. Yeah. My <laughs> sister, like... my sister and Megan, I just work with Megan more closely. Obviously, I mean, I work with Geeky on Piano Piano, but um, it's interesting that the people that I work closest with are A, family and B, manifesting generators. Mm-hmm. That's good for you. Yeah. it's. I feel like it works well for both of us. Like yeah. it's a good team. Okay. So we've got manifesting generators, generators. Yeah. What's next? Okay. So manifestors, they are really like the cause and then everyone else is the effect. So they are here to initiate. Like if you think of like how human design put energy types for what society needed back in like the 1400s, um, I don't even think projectors existed back then. I don't know. Jen Zoe can quote me on that. I don't think, um, think again, me with we've only been around for like 200 years or something. I, <laughs> but the manifestors were like the kings, you know, because that's the only thing that they served a purpose for was rulership. And now here in like society, they are here for really initiating new ideas. And it's really important for them to like really have the space to do whatever the fuck they want. And oftentimes as a child, they're conditioned to be quiet, to kind of be smaller, to don't be like, so they're afraid to be seen in their bigness. And, or as an adult, they have these big surges of energy and then society praises them for their big surges of energy. And so they try to keep up with it versus honoring their rest period because their is it, rest is period. Is Adele a manifester? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is I love like that example. Perfect example. She comes out of nowhere, like, hello, I'm and then here. disappears. Yeah. And then she falls off the face of the earth. Like that's mm-hmm. so, yeah, I feel, it's just the best example. She just gives herself the moment to reset. And when she's mm-hmm. good and ready, she comes back full freaking force. Yeah. And the surge and rest periods are so different depending on the project, depending on the person. Um, But, you know, for her, she's taking quite the rest period. So her aura is like probably one of the most expansive ones I've ever witnessed in a manifester. But, you know, there are kind of three categories that people fall into. They're either magnetized to you. They're either repelled from you, which is still good because rejection is protection. Or they're just like, they just don't notice you, you know? And Mm -hmm. so it's knowing that as a manifester, you're not meant for everyone. And as long as you're just like kind of blinders on focusing on like, what is your cause that you are creating for yourself from inside you? And then the rest will follow for the effect. 
love. I know. I like so my dad's cool. a manifester and like I just witnessed him start starting to live his like best life in his 50s. That's so great. I love mm-hmm. that. I don't think I know any in my close, close circle that are manifestors, but I have to double check. Now, mm-hmm. every single conversation that I have with someone in my life, I'm like, I whip out my app and I'm like, go put your information in there. I need yeah. to know how to like be with you. <laughs> I can't, I can't be your friend unless I know. Literally every um, single conversation that I have, I bring up human design. Okay. Next energy. Reflectors. Oh, I love reflectors. They're so, so rare. I don't uh, know any reflectors. I do. You do? I had, I had the most incredible experience with a reflector. Yeah. Um, really? So reflectors are the rarest type and they are here to literally reflect the collective back to you. They're here to show you where you're at how you're feeling, where you need healing, what your gifts are, all the things. And I was hanging out with a new friend of mine who was a reflector that was connected to a friend. And it was so funny because I felt like we were the exact same person and I was having the best day ever. And then when my energy was kind of getting drained, like I could tell that her energy was getting kind of drained. But then I explained to her of like, I feel like you're like, I just saw in her that she was like an energy diffuser. Like when energy went in her, she almost like cleansed the energy that came out of her. And then I literally two months later, I was like, is that meant for me? I just got me contemplating. So I don't know. Reflectors are so like, they're so magical of like, I felt like that was for her. But I was like, was that for me? Like, was that reflecting back? But it's they so always, trippy. I know, but they always say that every CEO should have a reflector sitting next to them because they'll always keep you in check of how you're showing up and how everyone else is showing up. But the best thing about a reflector is to make it a priority to become obsessed with your life because who you're around and how they make you feel is so, so important to be unapologetic about the boundaries of how you feel. Um, and to embrace the surprise and delight of like what the day is going to bring you, Mm. like how many, and like, I always say what example in your life is there an example where you achieve the same thing five different ways? Because think of our, our job. How, how many ways could we get an article placement? How many different ways could we pitch an editor? She, a, a, a reflector could sit next to you one day and be a projector, could sit next to Megan one day and be a manifesting generator. Like they have this surprise and delight of who do I want to be today? How fun. And it's just a matter of finding those people that make them feel good. And then it is fun. They can Mm. literally be whoever they want to be. That's so cool. And so if you lean into that type of energy, that is so empowering versus like this lack of, I don't have an identity. It's like you have all the identities. Just find the people that feel good. Mm. Yeah, it's like, limitless. You know, who's mm-hmm. a reflector? Um, Lauren Bostic. 
Why am I blanking on who that is? That's uh, the Skinny Confidential podcast. Oh, Lauren, really? she's a reflector. Mm-hmm. Totally, I could. Totally and Michael's a projector. That. Okay. And I, it makes it just reads so clearly to me, like yep, so freaking clearly. Yep. Yep. Totally. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Next is projectors, which by the way, I also have observed this about projectors and I'm not sure if I'm just like my algorithms just feeding me more and more projectors that are the (laughs) human design experts, or if this is based on fact, which it makes sense considering what projectors are here to do. But I'm noticing that human, a lot of human design educators are projectors, Mm -hmm. which like we're here to guide. So like, I'm, I'm, I wonder if that's a part of it. Yeah, I think, well, projectors are here. We see big systems, big complex systems. Um, and we are here to guide society in ways of doing things in innovative, new, efficient ways. And if you think of the human design system, it is a complex system that is a combination of complex you know what I mean does it feel complex to you because it doesn't to me it makes so much sense to me that I'm like why the hell are we not all like being obsessed with this at the same time right but we're projectors right (laughs) which is why which is why I'm like is that observation like just in track with like projectors just seeing human design is so freaking valuable first because we're supposed to educate um I I think Yes and no. I think projectors are here to guide. I think that there are no limitations. Like I know some incredible manifestors and some incredible generators that are, you know, being guides themselves and serving from their own perspective and teaching human design. So I think it's just the way that we are. I I think you are being gifted projector mentors in Mm. in your perspective no but like even in our field like like Lacey Phillips is a projector Jenna Zoe is a projector Michael Bosick's a projector like mm -hmm. a lot of these people that are like in these spaces are projectors or at least like the people that have like the biggest platforms um Erin Claire whatever her name is what's her name Erin Claire Jones Uh uh-huh she's a projector like all of these people that are like at the height of human design conversation right now Mm -hmm. are projectors and I'm like that's interesting yeah, there's definitely a big picture. Michael's not a human design expert, but I just <laughs> <laughs> we we are we are here to guide the collective, and we are entering a um like they say like a projector era. Of the projectors are the the new leaders of of showing a new way of sharing a new way of of working, and you know essentially like de-homogenizing um, de- the collective of mm-hmm. bringing this individual. Because if you think about the way that we move, it's the complete opposite of society. You know, I, I'm extremely polarizing to most PR agencies and most corporate really? businesses. Um, How so? So month to month contracts, if a client if I feel bitter on a client call or if my spleen speaks, I let go of the relationship. (laughs) Me too. And sometimes I'm like, is that like crazy? It's from the, from the effect of it. What's the 
What's the definition of crazy? Exactly. Crazy is subjective. It's to me, it's crazier to stay in something when you're like, what the hell? This is absolutely not serving me. But like it, it, I can see what, how it would appear to other people as like, wow, she just like drops them like a fly. And it's like, but it does take me. It's not like from once it's like it builds for me. And then when it, when it hits a point, that's when I'm like, I'm done. So when, (laughs) when you don't listen to your spleen, it, you're always left with bitterness. So I'm curious, I'm curious if you can recall back to the initial spleen, a kid to not work with them at all. Like before even signing my initial spleen, hit was to not work with them at all. Yeah. So you should <laughs> lis- listen to that and then you won't be left with bitterness. I mean, I also do believe in like timing and learnings and like, mm-hmm. totally this, 1, because this work takes a lot of inner trust. And so I yeah. think that you need to see to believe in a lot of it. Seven years, they say. Wow. That's wild. Yeah. I mean, I think that like to just like from one second to the next, consistently listen to your spleen or wh- whichever, by the way, each one of the energy types and your own personal energy, like has your own way of listening to that true voice within you. Some energy types, it's your gut for projectors. It's spleen. There's a ton of different which which other ones are there? Your spleen. So it's what? it's different for it's actually not an authority for specific energy types. Mm. It can you know for um you know for non energy types we can't be a sacral mm. because we don't have a defined sacral. Um, and a sacral is your 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 gut you know the gut intuition. Um, splenic authority is that intu- intuitive, like it's only speaks once. The sacral, you can always have access to it. Like you can literally go shopping and be like, do I want this? Yes or no? I'm so no. jealous of those. I'm so <laughs> jealous of those that have that one because it's like, I will be the first one to ask myself all the questions. Yeah. But I, I always say like the influencers, I can tell when they have a defined sacral because it's like a sacral snack. And when we don't have do a mindset, because like when they are selling something and they really like it, I'm like, I need it. Because oh, yeah. when we don't have a divine sacral, we absorb others' desires twice as much than our mm-hmm. own. So being careful in business, never to say yes on a contract or in selling in a live conversation. So even with like your relationships with your sister and Megan making sure that you're not agreeing to anything in live conversations and like separating yourself just innocently, yeah, just innocently separating yourself and being like, okay, great. Glad we talked about this. Let me just like remove myself from your sacral energy. Cause I know you want this and I know I want this in the moment, but I don't know if I'm absorbing your sacral desire. Mm. To Let me go home and sit on it to see if I truly desire it or if this will actually burn me out. Cause you might say yes to a project or something that they desire to do. And then it's actually going to burn you out or you actually don't desire it. Once you leave their energy and disconnect from their sacral energy. That is so interesting. That's not, I don't feel that happening right now in a work thing, more in personal. There's like an opportunity for something like on a personal level. And like around the person I was like yes 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 like I'm super down 
And now that I've been away literally for 24 hours, I'm like, actually, that's not how, how I want to do it. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that's, that's like the number one thing that I started implementing. Cause early in my business, I said yes to like the thousand dollar retainer for a baby food formula client. And I was like, why did I do that? Yeah. Like, oh, open sacral. Okay. Boundaries. Yeah. Um, and ever since then, it's, it's really helped me stay grounded. Cause you just never know. And that's something you can implement in all businesses, yeah. you know? Um, and then emotional authority. If you, that's, that's really like the 24 hour rule. Mm. Um, uh, sounding board is, is really speaking, speaking it out, talking it out. Um, reflectors, it's lunar cycle, the full moon cycle. Oh my God. So there are some that have, there are some energy types that have some limitations. Um, but what's really interesting is we are not thinking humans. We are feeling humans. And so a lot of the times we, most of us grow up thinking that our decisions come from our brain when really we, the job is to quiet our brain and figure out where in our body is our decision maker. To me, it's like, well, first of all, silence is where I find I connect with it the most. Like this morning when I went on a jog, I went no phone, no anything. I just, no headphones. I just went. And it's like, I know every single time that I do that, the connection to my body is so clear. And mm. I, in that one run, met someone that like really expanded me this morning. And I would have probably not spoken to her had I not done that. So for me, silence helps me connect with my body, obviously movement, but silent movement a lot also helps me. And I think that's why I gravitate towards yoga, even though there's like music in the room. It's like, I'm silent, you know? You know, you know it's beautiful. What? Your strongest sense is touch. Yeah. So like literally, like hands-on movement body like you like the gift of your body and touch is like the way that's your love language in human Mm -hmm. design when I teach yoga it's like I literally give every single person a head massage at the end of class Mm -hmm. and I am such a hands-on teacher and I also want that like in my classes but that when you told me that, I was like, that's so interesting. Like that is genuinely how I do it. But now how does that apply to brand building? So be hands-on. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting too, because you're... So it could be energetically your... hands-on, not like literally. It could be both. So, mm-hmm. okay. When I think of... So this is really fascinating. I'm going to kind of... Can I shift into your chart? Yeah. Because there's some like aspects of like hands-on, but like boundaries and like quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, I'm going to kind of show you how I hop around and because I'm an energy reader at its core mm-hmm. and I'm kind of reading the energy of your, your chart. And I'm looking at your two, four profile of like, you love alone time and your four profile is like, your people are your people and your life is only as good as the quality of the people in it. And you're mm-hmm. like, you're not for everyone. Like you have your crew in your mm-hmm. crew or your crew. And when it comes to like passive mountains, you also, there's a like elevation, like there needs to be an elevated aspect of things. Like you don't like to be bogged down with the details, but you like connection. Need connection. Yeah. Need connection. Yes. But there, 
has, but there needs to be an elevated purpose or an expansiveness to it. And so thinking about your environment, when you're in the right environment, it's, first of all, with passive environment, when for you, your right environment is going to just relax you. Whenever you're feeling like angsty or like, you know, like that, that is kind of a sign of like, okay, like the right environment. So like I'm, you fly a lot. That's what popped into my head intuitively when I saw this. I was like, she's in an airplane all the time. Because at first I was like, you're at sea level in Miami. Mm. No, usually when I look at mountains, I'm like elevation, like elevation. But again, with digestion, you can't, you, you can also take it theor- theoretically of like, be around mentors that elevate you, expansiveness, mm. be in tall buildings, be wear clothes that, you know, help you feel elevated in the next version of yourself. Read words that inspire you, stuff like that, right? My favorite book, by the way, is literally called The Mountain Is You by Brianna Wyest, which by the way, okay. I, I haven't talked about it on the show. I've already read it two times. It's a book that I read this year. And it's funny that you say mountaintops are like high elevation. That's literally my favorite book. It's called The Mountain Is You. So yeah, so note. there you go. You're already embodying it. But I'm wondering if like that flight from Miami to New York is like so grounding for you. It honestly is. That's where I have the best, most potent ideas. I rarely yeah. ever like do busy work on there. I, I just like let myself... I don't know if it's like the cabin pressure or the height or so, something the happens height, in there. It's the elevation for me too, because I'm out in environments, the elevation. Yeah, for sure. All of my, well, my best ideas come either by the ocean or on a plane. Okay. So, so the ocean will be, it's, it's so wide. It's expansive. It's like you, there's no end in sight. Mm-hmm. So there's an, ex, there's an expansiveness. So mountains also like, if you're thinking of interior design, even make sure you like sitting in the corner of a room to where you have the widest viewpoint or having a large desk to you have like a big area. Like there's so many ways that you can apply environment. Um, and now I'm like getting like all the <laughs> details. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, I feel like I want to do like a separate, like full on reading with you. And I, I want to keep this episode to be like applicable to anyone that's listening from any energy type, the yeah. things that we would love for them to like, where would, if someone's listening, they're like, okay, this sounds really interesting. It, it tracks for me that like every human has their own individual energy that keeps them in flow. I now know that in order to find what mine is, I'm going to put the link in the show notes. You look at your energy chart. It's free, myhumandesign.com. I do not work for Jenna Zoe, even though putting it out there would love to. And um, you can find your energy type there. Then from there, once they read their chart, what would you say from like an application standpoint? Yeah. What's the next step to start to test it? Because like I said, like it takes years to build the trust muscle to do something that's counter to the way that you've done it your whole life to see if yeah. it even works for you, you know? <laughs> yep. Start with your energy type 100% because that is the core of who you are. That is really the core of who you are of how does my energy, how is my energy meant to operate? And that is 
you know, what I explained as like the generator, the manifesting generator, the projector of like, just my core being of like, how does, how am I going to feel ease? Because all of those types are just so different and so unique. And then from there, each one is assigned a strategy and the strategy is how you interact and how you attract. And so the strategy is, you know, how the manifestor is the cause and then everyone else is the effect. So the effect is all the other types strategy. So the projectors is wait for the invitation. Mm. The generators and the manifesting generators is responding to life. So responding to like, oh, that's, that's bringing me joy. That's bringing me joy. But in business, it's, you know, it's important for generators to, um, you know, I always find like giving, like making a prompt, like giving her something to respond to, like in the field of PR, like hero requests are really like, they love hero, like something to respond to, like really Mm. energizes them to where for us, that's so, we love having invites. We love like having an invite come to us versus us having the like energy output. So, um, okay, that this is a niche question, but I'm selfishly asking it. How the hell does mm-hmm. a projector work in this brand building space? Like, how do you set up your life to attract those invites? Because when you show up to your desk on a Monday and you're like, okay, I have a client that's launching. Am I just twiddling my thumbs waiting for the exclusive to land in my inbox? Or like, how how is that happening? So I always focused on if any ways that, um, so I focused on efficiencies and relationships and tools. Um, so we're really good at efficiencies. So always focus in on efficiencies and relationship building. So early on in my affiliate PR career, I realized that there was an SEO aspect to it. There were like articles So instead of getting like 20 articles that maybe were included in a roundup, you know, building a relationship with that one editor that maybe got a feature article that drove $30,000 instead of a bunch of roundup articles that, you know, like finding the one potent like impact over like quality over quantity. Mm -hmm. That is, that is our really what we should be focusing on is quality over quantity. It's like the output of our energy. And so that's also where the, our value is not based off of our productivity. So when any projector listening, do not have an hourly based retainer. Do not. Because we're more efficient. We're more efficient. And if you're trying to build a brand, you don't need an invite to show up and give your wisdom and sell yourself. You you must see yourself as valuable and the insight that you have. Like show up and give your insight. That's how you will be seen. And that's how you will then get invites. Mm. And there's also right now, there's so many available AI based platforms like press hook, where you can set your brand up with a profile that then allows editors to see your client to actually request products, um, like request a product request within Mm -hmm. the press hook, you know, um, 
platform. Yeah. So there's so many, I just think going in, this is such a, like, again, astrology, you don't know astrology, but um, Pluto's going into Aquarius come January. And that's such a, I did hear that. I heard that on this week's episode of human design. Yeah. Like all the things. And I'm just like, Oh, that's my shit. (laughs) No, I'm so excited for January. I feel like this is your welcome back here. Whenever I feel like we can do an episode on each energy type and it's like, it's never enough. Like, honestly, like for me talking about human design, I could do it every single day. It is so fascinating to me. It's so multi-layered. Um, I know that we're just scratching the surface with this conversation, but again, for anyone listening, I just, my hope is that if this piques your interest, that you just start with like seeing what your energy type is and seeing what tracks and then testing things out and seeing how they work and don't work. And for me, I think the biggest unlearn was the productivity of it all. And like having to have the nine to five or nine to seven or whatever it was structured, like extremely structured instead, just like allowing the energy to kind of flow. Like even going to New York this last time that I was there, I always like know a certain amount of people that I'm going to be meeting with. But I intentionally this time was like, I'm going to allow myself to just be open to where the invites come through. And when they're aligned, it's a yes. And when Mm -hmm. it's not, it's a no. And even that was so much more powerful and potent. Just kind of like small little tests to see where you can play with your energy. That's the thing is like playing with it. Like if you can play with it and like see what works and what doesn't, it's so useful. I love that. And like be worthy and like, don't, don't take it so seriously. Yeah. Like if you miss a meeting or if you miss following up with someone, like it's okay. It's all good. Like life, we're all humans. Life's going to go on because Mm -hmm. how you feel is received on the other end. If you're showing up with just like concrete worthiness, and like chillness, that's how it's going to be received. Everyone's mirroring it back. So how do you how, work on that? Like what's like an, a, a tool to work on that? If that's something that you have to unlearn. Oh, um, <laughs> it's just reminding myself that I, I'm just safe, honestly. And are my actions, what is the motivation behind my action? Is it coming from an inspired place or a fear-based place? I love that. And that consistently over time builds it, I believe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, thank you so much. It's so refreshing and cool to see someone in our space really taking the charge on the human design lens with what we do. Um, it's given me hope for our industry. You know, that I've had my (laughs) conflicting feelings about what's happening in our space. Your motivation Um, is also hope motivation. So is mine. So I love that you're, yeah, we're both hope motivation. So I love that you just ended it like that. Yeah. Well, you're welcome back whenever you and I need to do like a Mm one-on-one, a thousand percent, like full on chart situation. And are are you currently taking people on to read their charts and how do you work with people? Yeah. So actually tomorrow I'm launching. This is, um, this is going to be released on Monday. Oh, on Monday. Okay. So then those will be available. Um, I do one-on-one human design career readings. And then I also do relationship readings, which I find I get a lot of relationship questions. And this can be with business relationships, romantic, platonic, all the things. Um, so I'll give you the links for those. And then I also do, um, business and team coaching as 
Love that. I actually hired Kayla to teach me affiliate PR through the lens (laughs) of human design, which was very eye-opening. I just, you know, I have my conflicting thoughts about affiliate in general. I do find it to be extremely valuable as a founder of a physical product. I know the importance of it, but I also just, I need to stay true to everyone. Not for everyone. No, I think it is like, I do think that it's necessary for every physical, for mo- like, I would say 90% of physical products like have to be on affiliate and they have to know how to play that game mm-hmm. right now. But is it like the the thing that I want to learn the craft of? Not necessarily. That's my personal, personal take, but you are so talented. And I think it's like, to me, it's invaluable what you did to teach me that because now I know and like can apply that, you know? because yeah, I kind of have to. So um, I'm so grateful to you. I think that you're really onto something and I'm just excited to continue to see more and more people see the value of human design in business and specifically in what we do in PR. Me too. And I will, I would love to come back. So just let me know. Amazing. You literally open invitation and I will also invite you overtly. Should we just do a spinoff? A spinoff <laughs> HD? <laughs> We want to start a new podcast. (laughs) Thank you so much for getting to the end of the episode. And more importantly, thank yourself for choosing to learn more about how to come home to yourself. As always, take what resonates with you and simply let go of what doesn't. I would really appreciate it if you can give the show five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is that you listen, because that's the way that the show will continue to grow. And we are all about growth here. I'm sending you so much love and I will see you next week.